I'm a covenant man Living in the riches of my Lord and King I'm a covenant man Committed to Him in everything I do believe He'll come again And I know one thing I'm gonna do till then Is learn to live in the blessing of Abraham Hello, I wanted to address a question that was posed to me recently. A friend of mine asked me to provide a video of my, some, some things and my thoughts and beliefs and things that the Lord had showed to me regarding 1 Timothy chapter 6. And so I'm gonna read down through here and then I wanna point out a couple things that the Lord stirred in my heart. So 1 Timothy uh, chapter 6 and we're going to start in verse 3. If any man teach otherwise, well, we need to go ahead and back up there and read down through it. Let as many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor, that the name of God and his doctrine be not blasphemed. And they that have believing masters, let them not despise them, because they are not, or for they are brethren but rather do them service because they are faithful and beloved partakers of the benefit. These things teach and exhort. If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but doting about questions and strifes of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness. From such withdraw thyself. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having Food and raiment let us be therefore content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and unto many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the truth and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called. Okay, so let's talk about a few things here. First of all, I want to point out something. Go back to verse 3. If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, now catch this, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now skip down to verse 9, but they that will be rich fall into temptation. If you look up that word will in the Greek, it means that is their purpose, that is their intent. They plan, they, they devise schemes to be rich. That is their motivation. Well, as we saw in verse 3, where it talks about ignoring 
consent not to the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, what did Jesus teach? In Matthew, he taught us, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. So here we see a vast difference, 180 degree difference, of purpose and intent of the heart being what makes the difference. In one, one hand, the words of Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and then all these things will be added to you. On the other hand, the, the hand that, that he's talking to Timothy about in 1 Timothy 6, this is about a man whose purpose, this is his plan, this is intent, this is the desire of his heart. He's seeking first how to be rich and trying to add all those things without seeking first the kingdom of God. So that's the first thing I wanted to point out. But then there's another very interesting concept here that I want to, to uh, touch on, and that's the word content. If you look again in uh, verse 5, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness, from such withdraw thyself. But godliness with contentment is great gain. Now turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and look in verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work glory to god right there in second corinthians 9 he tells us that we should be abounding in grace so that we have all sufficiency in all things. We should be having enough finances and enough riches so that we in turn can abound to every good work. Isn't that not what that says? I mean, if words mean anything, that's what that means, right? Okay, now, here's something you didn't know. If you look at that word, oh, I lost my, let my, let my place sit here. Let me get back to First Timothy here. All right, 1 Timothy chapter 6, if you look at that word in verse 6, but godliness with contentment is great gain. A lot of people work, touch on that word contentment and see, see there, see there, we're not supposed to have anything, we're just supposed to be content with whatever we have. And you know, Paul said, I know how to abase, I know how to abound. You remember that? You remember him saying that? He knows how to function in either situation because he's seeking first the kingdom of God. So there is a place of contentment, but here's something you didn't know. That word contentment in 1 Timothy chapter 6 is exactly the same word, the same Greek word that is in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 having all sufficiency. Sufficiency is the same as contentment in the Greek language. So let's read it that way in 1 Timothy 6. But godliness with sufficiency is great gain. Well, why would that be? Because if you have all sufficiency, you can abound to every good work. You can help your neighbor. You can help those that need help. 
because you have sufficiency. It's not that you're lacking. As a matter of fact, you know what Paul was talking about, I know how to abase and I know how to abound there in Philippians. You know, he goes on to talk about later, this is a, it's, just, it's, a, it's a scripture, it's a, it's a whole chapter to his partners. And he talks about, you know, you were the only ones that contributed to us from day one. And he said, hey, I know how to abase, I know how to abound, I can be content, but don't you worry, I'm content having, I'm, I'm full having received of Epaphroditus. Glory to God. He had sufficiency. You know, there were times, you know, matter of fact, when he wrote that little book of Philippians, he talked about joy 19 times in that little book. And he wrote it while he was in the depths of the dungeon of the prison. He knew how to abase. He, he conducted himself in love, he conducted himself in joy, and even in those situations, he reached out to the brethren preaching the word of God. But also in Acts, if you look up Lydia, the seller of purple, you study that out. She was a very, very, very rich woman. Sellers of purple sold to the, to the aristocracy, you know? And so they were very wealthy people. And the Bible says there in Acts that they she constrained them to stay with her and her family. Well, that means that she took on their needs and she provided for everything that they needed. They lived like royalty, but it didn't change him. He preached the word. That's what Paul was talking about. He knows how to abase. He preaches the word and talks about joy. He knows how to abound. He lives in luxury at Lydia's and preaches the word. It's constant consistency, contentment, and sufficiency. Another thing I wanted to point out that he talks about here with the, the where he's encouraging in, in 1 Corinthians, uh, excuse me, 1 Timothy 6, where he's given the example of things to flee from. He says in verse 5, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness. That's not true. Godliness produces gain. Gain is not godliness. You know, we have the example in Psalm 112 of the righteous man who has wealth and riches in his house and he's still righteous. His righteousness is intact. So there we have godliness and great gain, but gain is not godliness of itself. And that's what Paul's uh, drawing Timothy's attention here too. He goes on to say, for it is the love of money, not money, the love of money that's the root of all evil. As a matter of fact, later on in this very same chapter, he goes ahead and, um, and specifies, let me see, ah yeah, in verse 17, charge them that are rich in this world that they give all their money away. Oh wait a minute, no, no, that's not what that says. It doesn't say that. It says, charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, catch this, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. That is the issue, that they don't trust in the things. They trust in the God who gives us all the things. That's what, Jesus, that's what Jesus said. Seek ye first the kingdom and all the things will be added. As a matter of fact, talking about trusting in riches reminds me of the rich young ruler. 
Yeah, that's another scripture that a lot of people like to use to say you shouldn't have anything. Because Jesus said, you know, how difficult is it for those that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God? Ah, but that's exactly what he said. For those who trust in riches. I think it's interesting, you know, just like here in Timothy, he goes on to admonish against greed and the love of money. And then at the end of the chapter, he talks about God giving us richly all things. Well, you know, in that same, in that same chapter in Mark 10, where he talks about uh, the rich young ruler and how difficult it is for those who trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God. But before the chapter's over, he goes ahead and specifies that those who have given up lands and houses and brethren and sisters for mine and the gospel's sakes will receive now in this time a hundredfold. So in both those chapters where he's, where he's talking about, you know, trusting in riches, trusting in the money itself, before the chapter's over, he goes ahead and tells you that God will give you more than you can see any way to use. So be content with scriptural content. You know, you got to have scripture to be scriptural and we just talked to, we just showed you the scripture. Content, content is having more than enough to abound to every good work. Now that's contentment, my brother and sister, and that's the will of God for your life and for my life. And you get there by faith in God by sowing seeds and reap har reaping harvest because seed time and harvest as long as the, the earth remains, seed time and harvest will never pass away. That's the way the system works. You get there by seed time and harvest, you sow your seeds, you water it with the water of the word, you receive and, and harvest your harvest, reap your harvest. You have to do it in faith and you have to do it according to biblical principles. Amen? Amen. Well, that's, uh, that's my considerations and some, some words from the Lord where that's regarded. I hope it answered some questions. I know it answered some questions for the friend that asked me to, to, uh, to talk about it. And so let me leave you with that. And actually, let me leave you with this. Don't forget, here at David Weaver Ministries, we sure do love you. We, we, we always want the best for you, and so does God. He loves you. He is always for you. Never, ever is He against you. And remember this, Jesus is Lord. Thank you, partners and friends, for helping make these broadcasts possible. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, and you can also listen to our broadcast on iTunes. Contact us at davidweeder.org or call us at 1-800-988-5380 to send praise reports, request prayer, or for more information about our ministry and how to become a partner.